having our your individual interests are going to be important, like having your individual friends and your things that you do so that you're not like pigeonholed in this relationship is absolutely vital. Um, but if y'all happen to meet other couples and y'all want to do like couple stuff as couples, I don't really suggest like, you know, couples with like, singles without like enough singles hey it's red summer and it's hanifa walida and we are your gay aunties happy new decade baby happy 2020 or just hey here's 2020 (laughs) (laughs) how was everything for you on your break um it was great you know um um i still worked but I don't know. You know, this new year was weird for me, not in a bad way, but just like, eh, okay, another year. You know, I think mm. like, I mean, I stopped doing the whole going out, partying, whatever, like years ago. Like, I'm like, really, I'm done with that. It's, it's so boring to me at this point, inexpensive at that. Um, but <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I've, I've been doing for a good mm-hmm. minute, I've been doing basically a ritual you know, to bring in a new year. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, a good friend of mine, Timum, who we had on the show, Timum West, um, he introduced okay. it to me years back um, of taking the first or rather the last 15 minutes of the year to do a journal entry, kind of reflecting. And 15 minutes or whatever time, depends on what kind of journal you are, but a, 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 a amount yeah. of time. And then once new year comes uh, in, you take uh, the same amount of time to project forward in your journal. So it's a really kind of intimate thing. I've done it by myself. I've done it with friends. I've done it with girlfriends. You know, um, I just think it's a, it's a very growing way to go in. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now you can still have a glass of wine or whatever, but really being reflective and projective is works for me. How about you? Um, so yeah, I've had different experiences, new year's day, um, Eve in today, I think, um, I have also like done burning bowls, um, going into the new year. Okay. Um, sometimes we'll like, since I've been, uh, in my marriage, we've been saving them for Valentine's day, actually. Well, explain um, to we, those who don't know what burning bowls are. Okay. So it's, it's a similar concept. So with a burning bowl, you'll write down the things that you're ready to release, mm-hmm. um, on a sheet of paper and, you know, the things and like be very intentional. Like I know I've been struggling with, you know, this thing with, um, overcoming self-doubt, right. Or overcoming, you know, past traumas, whatever it is that you're ready to let go of, you write it down on a piece of paper and collectively we burn them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you write down the things that you're ready to call into your life to replace those things. Because Mm -hmm. like when you let something go, like it leaves space. And so then you intentionally fill that space up with the things that you want, with abundance, with confidence, with, you know, whatever it is. And then in June, I mail them out to people. Hmm. Like if I just did it myself, I'll open mine in June to kind of be like a self check. Like, okay, where am I on the process where I said I wanted to be this year, or if I'm doing them communally, I'll mail them, you know, out to, to everybody. And then they'll get to, you know, in June, we get to open our gift, so to speak, and see <laughs> like, you know, where we are. Um, So that when I was in Atlanta, you know, I had a home church. So <laughs> we did watch night service, which I just got, you know, that article that talks about like why Africans do that. Mm. in America did you see that no yeah so basically um those who were enslaved in America would have to start like when they were rented out to people they would be rented out for the year which started January 1st and so families would be separated on January 1st so that saying like whatever you're doing on the new you know the first day of the year is what you're going to do all year that comes from slavery like wherever you're going to be sent is where you'll be like rented out for that year. Wow. And so watch night service was like the last time that everybody would be together with their families before they were sent away to go work on somebody else's company, property, farm, whatever. Our experience is so 
embedded in the DNA of this country. It's Ooh. ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's 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 dive in. You know, um, yeah. Well, this year I actually did party. So. Oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. You know, you can switch it up. <laughs> we got dressed up. We went to a gala. We had drinks. We danced. We were cute. <laughs> That's we got a hotel good. room in the city. You know? you know what I'm saying? It's still good to do that. Bring in the year, however, you know, but mm-hmm. you, know, you don't need to feel forced to bring it in with the party. You you have so many ways you can bring in the new year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, hey. Well, yeah, y'all. before we move forward, I just wanted to let all of our new listeners know that Your Gay Aunties is a weekly podcast. So you can meet up with us every week right here on your gay aunties because we're centered around queer adulting right Mm -hmm. so if you want to talk to auntie red or auntie hanifa uh if you have any questions about life love or any of your experiences that you are going through in your young gay life or maybe middle gay life and even (laughs) if you have an auntie gay life that you want to talk about with your other gay aunties you can go ahead and email us at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram and on the Twitters because we're on the Twitters at yourgayaunties as well. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And of course, you know, if you want to support your gay aunties, because your gay aunties could always use your support to keep us going, you know where to go. Patreon.com slash your gay aunties. And we had three tiers. Yes, one, two, three. Three tiers um, to fit whomever you are okay um all right so we have tier number one which is auntie love anything it's just a one-time donation five dollars or more um it will shout your name out um on the uh the episode that follows your donation and then we have tier number two um one you all know so well called sunday brunch um that is a monthly commitment of just ten dollars and with that you get of course, the shout out of that Auntie Love. But you also, <laughs> you also um, get to see us the fourth Sunday of every month. We actually video record our sessions with a special guest. So you'll get on that Sunday that we actually record, you will mm-hmm. receive um, that video um, in your email. Um, to watch us and our guests and also receive the episode three days earlier before everybody else. And that's $10 a month. And then we have the third tier, which is the You People Rockumentary tier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a, a, a rockumentary or a documentary about us that both me and Red are in. You get to get a download um, of that. And again, everything that everyone else has received, you get the three, you get, um, as far as Sunday brunch, you get three, three uh, Sundays uh, with us as well. You get with the You People tier. And of course, you, you know, you get a shout out. You know, you get it all. You get it all. You get it all. All right. So just go to <laughs> Patreon. Just go to Patreon.com slash your gay auntie. See which tier is right for you. If you want to truly show your auntie some love and support what we're doing here um, for all of y'all. Mm-hmm. All right. So we and so are, what we do for all of y'all uh-huh. is we answer your letters. letters. Yes, we do. We do. And we're so excited. You know, it takes time, you know, when you start a new podcast to start to gain momentum, you know, mm-hmm. and you just have to, you know, have your due diligence and just stick with it. And we've been sticking with it. And now the letters are coming in like gangbusters, honey. Yeah. Because yes. we're on season three. <laughs> or four or five. I don't know what season we are. You know, we haven't figured out our season yet. Up. <laughs> like today is the first day of season six. Yes. <laughs> I think we might, maybe we'll follow like the, the, the semester thing. Like we'll take breaks when the kids take breaks. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like, you know, like spring semester's coming up. We gonna have spring semester too, my nigga. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever. We, we'll, we'll pick them. We'll pick them. But I okay. think it's... It's healthy for both you guys and us that your aunties take some breaks, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, adhere to the rest of our lives. Um, and also, before we jump into these letters, I just want to say, and, and, and Red rein me in, but I do mm-hmm. want to say quickly, um, you know, the last episode we did was a little quick bonus episode to try and um, put a little bomb or help... Um, young people going through the craziness of today um, with the impeachment, you know, trying to help yeah. process that, you know. You know, now we didn't know that this nigga was going to go really buck wild <laughs> just right. a few days later, okay? Yeah. And so I, I want to respect and just honor and take a moment that everyone is going through it. Everyone is dealing 
yeah, and processing the latest news um, in, re in regards to um, Trump making the decision to assassinate. And assassinate is a big yeah. word, okay? Yeah. Assassinate um, the top general, Soleimani, um, Iranian um, general. Um, and unfortunately, you know, go online and, you know, the memes, the World War Three memes start. And I ain't going to front. I shared a few, too. It just was funny as fuck. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but also in the threads of a lot of comments, of a lot of posts about the this the potentiality of the, the danger of this, the, this action that this, this, this dude took, you know, it was a lot of confusion, I felt, um, around our place in the world, and more importantly, our place in the Middle East. And mm -hmm. the thing that threw me back the most, and I, at some point I just wrote, I was like, when were y'all niggas born? Like, were y'all born like after 911, during yeah. 911, when you were a baby? You know, do you even know about the Gulf War? Do y'all do even like, <laughs> know about 1979 Iranian Revolution? Do you know any history about our presence in the Middle East. And really, I don't think many young people do. You know, even when you think of the word terrorist, you have an idea in your head of what that is. Let's be very clear. And this man was not any angel by any stretch of the means of the word, okay? Mm -hmm. But he was a top general in a real country, not some little itty bitty country that we like to push around. Iran is a real modern country though you may have issues with their faith and that a lot of their politics is based around faith mm -hmm. but as a country as their infrastructure yeah that's a real motherfucking country <laughs> okay that has real allies okay so this is not some little petty game some little you know there's a reason why obama and bush decided not to assassinate the same dude because they understood that they the, the yeah. consequences of that and it ain't but so much the u.s can handle we like to Pardon me, but we suck our dicks a lot around our own military. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, but and and like to beat our chests and and we also are isolated geographically in the in, from the rest of the world, you mm -hmm. know. And so we can be in and this. So there's the confidence that we have because of our distance. Exactly, and it's ill-founded confidence. Because let's be clear, we did not. We have been in war twenty years um, with Iraq, and we still ain't. We, there's no measurable uh, proof that we won anything. We ain't mm -hmm. win Vietnam. We ain't win. We ain't been winning a lot. The biggest war that we actually made did damage in was World War Two, y'all, and that's what we got. Our <laughs> and we and were a part of, and not solely responsible. Exactly, for. exactly. And also, let's be clear on the definitions of what world wars mean. World wars mean that a group of countries, as in World War II, there was Japan, there was Germany, and there was Italy, are going to gang up against mm -hmm. everybody, you know? So then another group of countries, you right. know, France and Britain, and, and then America uh, at, so the, the, at the tail end. The country exactly. in question and their allies. Exactly. This is not one country mm -hmm. against another country. Okay. Right. So, you know, it takes multiple countries to create a World War Three. So let's get the drama out of our heads. But with that being said, this was a dangerous move that this dude made. Like this that right. was one country not to fuck with. Okay. And then you have to, to wonder or, and uh, just looking at where America is right now, like are our allies uh, willing to go into like, <laughs> some <laughs> unnecessary foolishness with us. Like what confidence do right. they have with our leadership and our foreign policy and like how we've been moving and even, you know, the impeachment and all of this kind of stuff. Like, are they willing to put all their, you know, go all in mm -hmm. <laughs> to support America in this foolishness? Exactly. And not for nothing, they, again, geography is so important. I have no idea how close the rest of the co other countries are to the Middle East. <laughs> it's right. like they, you know what I mean? It close they in proximity. Have, have much more to lose because of their proximity. Much more to lose. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So there's, there's so much more. We'll end it with this. We're just saying that there's so much to understand about Middle East politics and our play in it. And this is not a thing of apples and oranges. This is not a black and white situation. This is not a good or bad, evil, good, you know, type of no. um, thing. We are just as guilty of yeah. involving ourselves initially for false reasons Exactly. Really, for oil reasons. Let's Agreed. be real. <laughs> right. You know, in a country, and now with so thick in there, we are literally a, a, like a cornerstone in their own politics. So there is no saying, oh, those are the terrorists or those are the bad people. You, they have generations of people there that have been dealing with us 
that have grown up in this. Yeah. You know, and so culture is created with just that. So you can't, it's hard to, it's just rough. This is a, this is an interesting time. All I can say is meditate, breathe, think, really be mindful of what you share online. I'm talking to myself as well, you know, take care of each other, hold your babies tight. You know what I'm saying? Be yeah. mindful of you, hold your family tight. You know, this is a, this would be a great time to really connect with people you might've not, you've broken connection with, to really kind of assess where you are, the love in your life, to help you guide and help guide others through what's going to be a very interesting year that we've just stepped into starting off with this. So, right. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and just to recap, you know, I I have a daughter who is um, mm-hmm. military. Um, I also have a nephew who has just enlisted. <gasps> like he enlisted Christmas. Oh my god! <laughs> right, and so he's you know he's kind of buffered right now because he has to go through training. so much training. Um, we may or may not even be, you know, like inactive, you know, I don't even know like what the outcome will be, but my nephew will be a part of it. Right. <laughs> um, either way, because he's enlisted and he enlisted for five years. And whoa. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. now I don't know why he enlisted, but I did recently read um, an article and this affects a lot of our viewers a lot. Um, they said that, um, recruitment, uh, uh, army Marines, all of them, the, of course the board, their recruitment has been soaring mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, basically because they have been focusing on students mm-hmm. with debt, with yeah. debt. That's who they've been focusing on. You know what I mean? So this is y'all, you know, when, when and, and, and this can imagine that it's a lot of young people of color. That's like, fuck, I need a way out of this goddamn debt. Let me just do these couple years or whatever the hell they want me to do in the army. Right. <laughs> You know, but we're under administration or or rather the not just Trump, but the American administration period. We are a perpetual war. That is the business of America to be a perpetual war because we benefit from it. A lot of things that you look around and it's a part of your life, you don't think nothing of. That is a benefit of being in war Mm -hmm. for decades upon decades. When have we ever not been in war? Can you think of a time we've never been in a war? (laughs) Not necessarily. As long as we've been alive. (laughs) <laughs> not in my not in my life, period. Right. Okay, and I was born in 1901. And the that thing about it is that <laughs> like and that's what I was talking to my students about when I had to go back to work last week. Mm. <laughs> was that what um is that we've been at war so long in other countries that we don't realize that we're at war. Yeah. I would take it for granted like, all the time. Yeah, so for Americans, like we're just going on along with with our days as usual. But there are lots of people in lots of countries who don't get to go along as usual because their yeah. usual is is war. Yeah, is war and occupation, and mm-hmm. we can't even imagine occupation. We couldn't we couldn't imagine being bombed until two thousand and one, as far as modern right. days. You know, we couldn't mm-hmm. imagine that. You know, and we, we can't hadn't imagine- been bombed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That wasn't exactly. even a bombing. So just imagine that mm-hmm. you know, and and very strategic places are being bombed. Schools, uh, places where they make baby formula, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Factories mm-hmm. that make baby formula, like uh, shopping centers, like these kind of places that are kind of like central to normal life are being mm-hmm. destroyed. And so yeah. people don't get to go along as normal, you know, quote exactly. unquote. Exactly. We don't have a gazillion military bases like on every corner. That's yeah. a lie. And so when 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 Iran says, OK, we're going to hit American military bases, that's you think they're just going to hit the bases. Right. Anyone surrounding the bases are going to get hit. So it's it's like mm-hmm. this is what we're trying to understand. And we do need to wrap it up. I, I knew I knew yeah. we started. Yeah, yeah. But but, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that really, as we comment and as you deal and understand and process, understand, please take the time. Even if you go on YouTube, just watch a few videos with reputable videos, you know, let's do a little, mm-hmm. but, but 
you know, and understand the history of the of America and other countries with war and occupation. Mm-hmm. It's a long sustaining history, okay? And trees try to understand how other people can feel and how how it can bring the worst out in other people, and then we blame them for acting that way. Mm-hmm. So, okay, okay, let's let's move on. Let's yeah. go to these letters, girl. <laughs> All right, let's go to these letters. Here's your letter. All right, well, let's do right. that. Let's we have that. two that we're going to work with today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This first one hit me right in the heart, so let's dive into it. Um, all right, so her name is, she says to call her Maya. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Maya. Dear aunties, I'm looking for advice on how to keep your spirits high when trying to build and maintain friendships. I have three compounding issues that have been obstacles. First, my partner and I recently moved from one state to another for work. We are both librarians. Oh, that's sexy. I'm 28. (laughs) We are both librarians. I'm 28 and she's 27. Uh, We have each other. But we didn't know anyone before we moved here, and we've been working on making friends. Second, I'm still recovering from a friend breakup that took place towards the end of 2018. I met this former friend in grad school, and I considered them to be my best friend in grad school. I'm still deeply sad over the loss. Three, although I do have friends in other states and in other countries, that's right, girl, you better do that. Travelers. All right. In other countries, I struggle with feelings that I'm not important to them. Most of my friendships feel pretty one-sided in that I'm always the one initiating phone calls or other communications. Yes, Auntie Hanifa, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone. <laughs> Bless you, baby. Love you. This <laughs> dynamic, this dynamic makes me feel like I'm the only one putting in the effort to maintain the friendship. And that if I should lose, if I should lapse in putting forth the effort due to depressive episodes, for example, then those relationships would will fade. I have been using the Bumble BFF app. Oh, I didn't know about that. As Ooh. well as attending meetups and other events that interest me. I've also discussed this topic a lot in therapy with limited success. Success. I know that building deep friendships takes time, but I'm having a lot of difficulty managing my emotions. I would appreciate any tips you can offer. Thank you, Maya. Mm. Um, I, okay. Hmm. So my first, like my initial reaction um, is a question. And, you mm. know, and this is, is something that you can kind of think about, Maya, um, as you're going through this process is um, how much do you require of your friends? Hmm. Because if you like, I know that you have your partner, I know that you're in a new place and, you know, looking around for people to hang out with, like it might be a little overwhelming. Um if your expectation is, you know, it's, it's burdensome, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I can think about, you know, times where I'm like, Hey, you know, it's Tuesday. Y'all come over. Let, like, let's have drinks. Okay. And now it's Friday. Okay. Hey, let's go out for dinner. And now it's Sunday. So, Hey, let's go out for brunch. And then it's Monday again. So let's do like a, a paint and sip. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> if you need like, a lot from people and we just understanding energetically where people are like in it's just the the times that we're in like people have limited overflow right Mm -hmm. so you know just thinking of the concept that like you you fill your cup and you give of your overflow like people are are managing with a lot of um um just just holding a lot of stuff like we're dealing with a lot of things like trump y'all like for real (laughs) i don't know if i'm able to you know to go out 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 and give a lot to other people um as well as still be able to give to a partner and and nourish this relationship as well so like that's a lot um and i know as one of those people who you know tap in and out <laughs> of my local friendships um it, it's because i i just time wise i cannot dedicate um to like maintaining a, a good girl friendship uh at this point in in life 
You know, this is a really good point as far as you asking her the question of how you see friendship. Like, how do you define friendship and what do you need rather from <clears throat> from your friends? Because, mm-hmm. that's you know, that's something that I've struggled with, um, you know, in regards to this idea of friendship. And what does that look like um, in my life? It's looked like a di- lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But what, what I fantasize about um, is one thing. And it may not necessarily mirror like what you're saying, what reality can offer. And I think also what's maybe a big issue, especially for this generation, not even this generation, but even my generation that uses social media, is that we see a lot of our acquaintances or other people having great times with their friends. Mm -hmm. We're seeing these friend pools and laughter and drinks flowing and funny. (laughs) Yeah, you know, all of that. And that helps shape our idea of friendship. And I look, I really connected to this the particular letter um, because that's something that I've always struggled with um, too, being someone that's always traveled. And I can be very airy in a way that checking in with friends, you know, um, can be an issue for me. You know, um, a little bit, I have a little, I have not a little, I have a lot of social anxiety, a lot of these things. So the things that I want and the things that I'm able to obtain sometimes do not meet. So it's always something I have to work at. And it looked different than when I was younger because when you're younger, when I say young, I'm thinking like 20s, you're doing so much shit that this is where you find your people because you're active. Friendships are built on the activities you do. Mm-hmm. You're not in a concept of doing activities. You're literally in it. You're in it. You're living your life. This is what you're doing. And then you find your peoples along the way. Or some mm-hmm. people find it in college or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Now, as you get older, people start getting settled into their shit and settled into their friend pool. So for me as an older person, again, uh, connecting with this with this writer, you know, um, I moved to a new city. And so that has been a struggle for me too. And then, but I'm still on social media looking at my friends back in New York in the friend pool. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, so I, I so empathize um, with this writer. And the one thing I would suggest um, is to get in the mode of though you have each other as partners, find or whatever you like to do that's separate, whatever that hobby is or that, like she said, she's doing meetups. Um, honestly, don't do them together per se. Mm. You know, fine. You got, I think it's really important because the one thing friends do offer is that they are someplace, they are a refuge away from your relationship. Not a refuge, like you got to run away from your relationship. But, yeah. man, but they can give you perspective. You do need, your friends, to the most part, shouldn't be shared by your partner. I know I've always had, had the best experience with that. I mean, it's okay, but, you know, we need boundaries. <laughs> All right? So understanding that, think about the things that you really love to do. That's your shit. All right. And find those meetups or find people who are doing that or be active and just starting something that will attract people to it. And then when you're in the action of doing that shit, then you're going to find friends who are aligned with that. And that's mm-hmm. y'all. That becomes y'all shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And kind of get out of the space of this kind of a um I don't know, like general idea of friendship. Like we go out to eat on Tuesdays and we do this or da 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 da. And you know, mm-hmm. no, no. Friendships have to be defined by the people who are in that friendship. So find the thing that is your thing. Your partner find the things that's her thing. You guys be adventurous alone, you know, mm-hmm. and really go out there. Cause, uh, Cause to be honest, I don't know if you're going out to these meetings or whatever as a as a partners, but when partners show up at any spot, nobody. It's like you're. It's a. It's like, oh, it's, no. Seriously, it's it's an immediate wall. And this is another. It's a wall because yeah. people have a respect for partnerships. People that sometimes don't know how to move around partnerships. You know what I mean? Um, partnerships can seem closed off. You know what I mean? And even even if you're not intending to be so, that's how mm. a lot of times it's perceived. So it's not the best situation to walk into with your partner trying to find a friend for yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, I think like, yes. And um, <laughs> now, okay. So my wife is a very social antisocial, right? <laughs> <laughs> she, and, and it's funny because it's, it's not consistent. Like she has like her people that like she will be around and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways she'll be like no new friends. But also we can go somewhere, like say we go out to a bar or something and she has like made best friends with the DJ or somebody at the bar. And now like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? the whole evening, like we're having a great time with these new people. 
I don't know like what the like if there's a rhyme or reason to it. Um, but I know that like having our your individual interests are going to be important, like having your individual friends and your things that you do so that you're not like pigeonholed in this relationship is absolutely vital. Um, but if y'all happen to meet other couples and y'all want to do like couple stuff as couples, I don't really suggest like, you know, couples with like singles without like enough singles so that the single people can like do stuff because, you know, that gets weird sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I love my single friends, y'all can hang with us. But it's not always, I mean, you don't want to be the only single person hanging out with a couple. That is the worst. It's, I'm, I'm not the worst, but it's just, just and that, that couple has to be so special. Like, you just love them to to to, to death. Mm-hmm. But, you know, couples need sp- space to be couples. And there's things that couples do unconsciously that they're couples. I mean, they're in their own bubble, really, and they're yeah. in their bubble entering the world. You know what I mean? So it's no one likes to be the third wheel. You know what I mean? You want to bring somebody else along to, to you know what I'm saying, even that off. But, um. <laughs> you know, or, 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 or you know, and to keep it 100, sometimes in couples, and a lot of things that couples don't know is that you know, your friends sometimes your friends like one of y'all better than the other one, mm-hmm. but sometimes couples force their coupleness on other people when really they really just want to hang out with you, or they yeah. just want to hang out with you, but they don't <laughs> want to disrespect your couple. You know what I mean? But they want to, you know, they just, they just yelling with you more. They may not hate your partner. They just may be yelling with you. So it gets complicated with couples. That's why I really like to, you know, really push forward that even it's wonderful that you're coupled up. We all want partners of people that love us in our lives, but you also have your individuality. You know, um, there is a singleness mm-hmm. in you that always has the right to be there. That means you, you're going to have your single experiences in the world, um, but you always have that your partner to lean on, but you need to have, you know, more single experiences. And that's, I think, where you can attract friends. So then that new friend comes into the context of your couple as saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, or rather, I'm whatever, I'm Red's friend. And red and red and say, hey, this is my partner. Oh, that was my wife. And da, 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 da. So then there's like kind of like a boundary there. So it's not, you know, a friend is coming in to the household knowing who's who. Like I'm friends with partner number one yeah. and I respect partner number two. And I may like partner number two. I may like eh, be eh about partner number two, but mm-hmm. I love partner number one. And, you know, and I know that there can be times we can hang just me and her going to be hanging. And then when I come over to the house, I know that I'm coming into their couple dump. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I do want to um, talk to Maya about this best friend breakup, too. Oh, yes. I forgot. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because um, those things can be, you know, very, very raw. We don't know the situation, um, you know, surrounding this this um, friendship breakup. but it it can lead to um, just a lot of apprehensions around maybe how you are moving forward into bringing more people into that friendship space. Um, and so especially when you have like a best friend, like they know all your business, you have told them all your stuff. They know the real deal when you being polite to somebody else, right? You could just look at them and y'all already got the joke, right? <laughs> so you have like all of that stuff and you may want to pick up with somebody where you left off with the old best friend Mm. and that may be um i mean it it really can't happen (laughs) i hate to say it like that maya like you have to start off from the beginning and you know at 27 28 you probably don't want to Mm. Like who has the time, like at that point in life to like tell the person all the stories again and like get them all caught up on the background and like do all of that stuff. Um, But it kind of, you got to start over. Yeah. Unfortunately. But life is a bunch of starting overs. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Just like life is a culmination of the decisions you make and it feels like you're building this mountain towards the peak. Life is a bit, it's also like this spiral thing. You always, you're going to, you know, come back around and either learn the same lessons or see the same people or new people, but experience similar. Like life is this cyclical thing, you know, and a lot of times there are times, yes, you got to start over. You start over in career, you start over in friendship, you start over in a new place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and that process um, can be arduous, it can be taxing, it can be challenging, but if you stick with it in the end, at least I'm hoping I'm speaking to myself, honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you stick with it, that you will be... Have, you will have the people in your life that, you know, you hope for, you know what I mean? It takes a, a minute. Now you say you guys just moved. I don't, did she say like, did, it, did she give me a sense of uh, when they moved? Um, uh, he is, my partner, it just says recently moved. Okay. Recently moved. Okay. Listen, it takes, it's going to take time to, to get settled in, in a full sense of settled in. Like I'm telling you, I'm telling you two, three years, like it takes time. So y'all just need to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they can sell any new place, but I just want to, again, bounce off of what Red was saying, you know, and this is another reason why this letter really touched me is I haven't lost per se many friends in my life, but I do remember one particular friend that ended her relationship with me and without explanation. I had to like really dig and understand it and figure out and ask through the fempel why this happened. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm to this day, I've been, I'm hurt by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because it's shocking. It's, um, you, you think you have something with somebody and, and then you don't. Yeah. And sometimes it's not always clear why the friendship breaks up. And unlike when we were children and we would go through friends, like, you know, toilet paper and get Mm. over it. (laughs) 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 It gets, it's different when we're adults because our lives are a lot more complicated and more tender. So, um, all I can say is, you know, um, what one I want to echo what Red said is that as you do invite new people into your life, that you aren't starting from where you left off with this old friend. You are going to have to start over and give them that room to be that friend, how they are going to show themselves and be friends to you. And so you're not comparing them to somebody who honestly left you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um but I want to honor your pain. It is painful yeah. to lose a friend. It is so painful. It's like it's like losing. I would say it's even more painful than losing a lover. Because I think you get over lovers. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it depends on how long you've been with them. But for the most part, you get over lovers. You get over girlfriends, boyfriends. But friendships that can that can really hurt you. You know, and yeah. and if you're not careful, it can scar you in a way that it, it becomes the premise on which you build new friendships. And that's something you don't want to do. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and, like, and, 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 and me and Red, we don't know why you guys broke up, but if, if, if your part in it, if you understand your part in it, if, or if that, if your part in it is clear and you're able to swallow that pill, that's a good first step. So yeah. if, if you have any part in your friendship breaking up, at least honor that and say, okay, listen, this is, what I did, I didn't help the situation by doing this, or I started it by doing this, or maybe I could have done this. Use that. That's the only thing you want to take away yeah. <laughs> and bring to a friendship. It's like where I can be a better friend to someone else. But at the end of the day, but by by excuse me, by the end of the day, someone new, you have to allow them the space to show how they are going to be friends to you. Mm. yeah and understanding this is not going to be the same friend like they're not going to like step in and mirror you know what it is they're going to have their own life and their own different experiences and all of that and and you need to make sure that they have the freedom to be that uh with you word and i'm thinking about too like i you know a lot of people know I have my my best friend. Her birthday was yesterday. Hey, Zaya. <laughs> but um, there were three of us mm. for years. And we raised our children together. And, you know, we, we lived a lot of our life together. Um, and so when we lost <laughs> the, the third one, um, well, actually, like, I lost her first, right? <laughs> she and I had mm. a falling out. Um, and my other best friend, they were roommates at the time. So mm-hmm. I was kind of on the outside of this thing and I was ready to 
I thought I was ready to release both of them and just like not have that type of relationship. Um, but you know, however it worked out, uh, Saya and I, you know, are still very present in each other's lives. And it was for some years, I will say, maybe about four before um, our other friend and I, like even just rekindled our Facebook friendship. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was years before we were able to like just say, hey, how to kids, you know, mm. <laughs> like that kind of thing and just be like back cordial with each other. I can't say that we're like back in a like best friend kind of space, but the loss doesn't have to be permanent, right? No, it doesn't have to be permanent, <laughs> but, you, but you should prepare or rather don't look for the person to come back around. If it's meant for them to come back back around in your life, then they will. Mm-hmm. If you get a signal from the universe to reach out, then you will. Yeah. But while you don't harp on that, focus on the newness in your life, you yeah. know, while using the lessons you learn. I mean, honestly, that's what fucking life is about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, every, every freaking relationship, everything that you experience, you got to take from it what you can to, to, to best protect the newness that's going to inevitably come into your life. Right. And then you build from there and then you may lose again. And then you build, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's life, baby. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always feel great. Um, but it's a wonderful thing at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> okay. And um, you know, if it, if it, um, doesn't happen, like that's okay too. Like mm-hmm. we, we have these, I don't know, like hierarchies and and ways that things are supposed to go, but nobody says you have to have a best friend. You have to have like all of these uh, party people, you know, that you're rolling with. Like maybe this is a time that you're supposed to get used to spending some solo time. Maybe this is a time that you're supposed to get used to like doing your self-care and not pouring so much of your energy out into other people. This might be a season that you get to learn what it's like to spend time with you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that, that's, that's 100. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, with that, we're gonna we're gonna leave your letter there. I hope that we've helped you, Meyer, kind of put a little bomb on the pain of losing that friend, but also mm-hmm. put a little fire underneath your ass and your partner's ass because she needs friends too. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then in your new place, and you guys trying to maybe separately trying to find new people based along the things that you that you individually love to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And congratulations on being bold and moving around the world. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Because we, you know, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's okay, all going to work on. out the way it should. Exactly. Thanks, exactly. Maya. <laughs> Thank you, Maya. Um, all right, then. So let's move on. All right. So we have another letter that we're going to read today. It's long but good. <laughs> now, was that, the, was that the title? Is that what our intern I intern uh, wrote? I don't know. All right. That's what I was told about it. <laughs> um, um, we need a name. Um. Oh, a cool name will suffice. Um. <laughs> um um it's it's a woman or a man you know who knows what else it is, who cares? Um, okay we'll read the letter we'll give you a name at the end okay yeah exactly exactly i, have Khalees, Khalees. I don't know i'm feeling i'm feeling Khalees. i'm feeling okay, Khalees. Khalees. okay that's a Khalees. cool day yes okay i started this over so many times writing this is completely out of my element i will try to keep this short and not a novel i will preface oh. with these key points I am a few years older than you guys, early 50s. Mm-hmm. I did not accept my queerness until maybe 47, 48, as well as accepting being masculine presenting. Mm. My attraction is to other masculine presenting women just to Mm. make things even more difficult. (laughs) Also, I am Muslim. Oh, <laughs> yep and there's that <laughs> i am now more spiritual than religious all the judgment was just too much for everything 
for so many various reasons, I'm suppressed all, uh, I suppressed all the feelings for my entire life. Although everyone around me questioned, commented, called me every derogatory name under the sun, even while dating men, I denied it and would be ready to fight if you pressed me on it. Mm. I would not make you, uh, I would not make you right. Being an athlete, I was always a tomboy, so no one was really buying it. Even the guys I dated questioned me. Looking back, I can see why. Now forward to a few years ago when I saw this woman, the woman, (laughs) the shit hit the fan. Everything I suppressed came flooding out and I actually had a panic attack. Mm. At that point, all bets were off. And I had to take a long, hard look in the mirror and own up and address my stuff. Thank God mm. for an amazing queer therapist I have been blessed with. She has helped me unpack uh, things I didn't know existed. I'm too old now to care what folks think and young enough to enjoy this new lease on life and I uh, that I should have been living all along. Mm-hmm. Those I deem important now know. And they weren't the least bit surprised. (laughs) (laughs) So now with all that being said, how does one navigate this life after deciding to live in their truth at middle age? Hanifa Mm. says something that triggered all of this. I apologize. I cannot remember verbatim, uh, but it was along the lines of not wanting to deal with someone who came out later in life or not having experience in this lifestyle. It may have been the first time episode. This is not the first time hearing this. Unfortunately, I have heard this constantly from queer women of color. There are Mm -hmm. several podcasts that speak on this and they are all white women. Mm -hmm. They celebrate it. If someone for whatever reason comes out after 40, as many do, should they not have the same opportunities to find a partner as someone who may have come out at 20? The more and more I hear that sentiment, it makes you wonder why bother Uh, if that is the general consensus. So the questions are again, how do you navigate this life? How do you come to terms with your faith? Or were you kind of removed from the faith at that point when you came out? Why is there so much judgment with the Black queer community? For example, the issue of masculine identified women loving other masculine identified women. I would love to hear your thoughts. My apologies if you already covered it in another episode. Still binging and catching up on all of them. I found your podcast through Kai Brown. I was just about to say, <laughs> we need to connect her with Kai. I guess. I'm over here looking up the episode. I'm looking up the episode that Kai was on. Like, let me, let me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kali said, mm, Lord, she gives me hope. <laughs> love, love, love your show. Keep blessing the masses. Peace. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so for those listening here, or also curious, that episode was episode sixty-one, S for S or Stud for Sud, Love and Support with Kai Brown. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, okay. There's a there's there's a lot here. Um, well, first, if I can just address, you know, my comment. I guess I have said that, you know, and, and it's a very jaded comment that many of us. <laughs> it's a very jaded comment that many of us who have, I guess, been out for umpteen years are like, I am not trying to go through that shit again. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I kind of want to apologize because I think one thing that Kalisa is kind of putting out here is, you know, she said that shouldn't someone who came out late in life um have the same access or experiences or you know or support if you will Mm -hmm. that say someone that's coming out in their 20s or younger right yeah um and the answer is yes um do we have these things set up for us i'm not really aware of too much stuff at least in the black queer community that really supports people who come out later Mm -hmm. um Unfortunately, yes, there is this jaded attitude, um, which I have co-opted. <laughs> and I want to maybe check check myself. Now, me personally, I, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship per se, because there is something about, um, you know what? Let me stop right there. Let mm. me just say this. There are plenty of women out there who would be more than willing to be in a relationship um, with you at at, at, at uh, the golden age where you already have your crown in your head, girl. Yeah. You're at the... 
just so you know, for you young lesbians to know, when you turn fifty, that's when you get your crown. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then you become. A, then you become. Um, what's that thing we should say? Um, when you turn fifty, um, huh. some with a crown or crone or. Um, oh, oh. It was a status thing. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not pulling it up. Okay, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Anyway, <laughs> well, one thing that you're lucky is that at least with women, um, we embrace age. I know a lot of young people, y'all don't understand what it is to get older and you think it's some weird shit. I don't want to see a wrinkle. I don't know. You're scared of, of aging. But as you age, you're like, oh, I ain't scared of this shit. I'm good. Anyway, so <laughs> the one thing <laughs> the one thing that you are lucky is that you you are uh, um, a, a lesbian and, and, and lesbians embrace age. So And there are plenty of older lesbians that sew down. And there also are a lot of lesbians who have came out late like you. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the first thing I would say, honestly, is get your ass on Google and try and find a meetup group or start one mm-hmm. <laughs> to, a, to at least not necessarily to find lovers, but to find community yeah. and support. So like, you know Zammy, what I mean? I think is a good place to start. Oh, say word. The, um, Zammy, yeah. Yeah. Zammy. Is it no, no, it's like N-O-B-L-A or something like that. I'm trying to think of the, the rest of it, but it's, there's a, a group for lesbians of a certain age. <laughs> now now listen now she said that she's uh early 50s mm-hmm. now as someone who's scraping 50 mm-hmm. um you know when people say lesbians of a certain age what is that that they mean you know because that can mean 70 something too with us so and there's and there is a big difference between 70 something and 50 something you know what i mean so mm-hmm. You, you have to, you know, really be proactive and just finding groups. And again, I'm going to repeat, start one <laughs> because trust me, you're not alone. Yeah. You are so not alone. <laughs> there, we are still of the age of being queer. You know, don't let the popularity of queerness make it seem like, you know, there's gener- regenerations deep because coming out at 20 and 16. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. <laughs> that's not the truth. <laughs> all right. That's a fairly new thing. All right. The newer mm-hmm. generation, they are the ones who have the luxury because of the shit we did, but have the yeah. luxury of coming out young and coming at their own young. All right. And God bless y'all, you know? So as far as, um, you Khalees, um, yeah, do that. Um, you do have these other things with being attracted to masculine women, you know, so then you're going to have to deal with, you know, um, not only the age group thing, but the, these kind of really solidified ideas of, you know, boy, girl, who should be, you know, gender and who should be attracted to who. And, you know, you're going to be more queer than queer because you're attracted to more masculine women. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're already talking to um Kai that's like, that's the, just the jump off, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the jump off, you know, and, and Kai is 40 something. So, you know, the 40 something, you know, chicks that's over here, you know, we still in the age group, you know, we still have the same cultural memories. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, you're already in that place. Maybe, maybe more of you dealing with the emotions around being in this place, having come out later in life and, and, maybe perceiving that you're being judged because of that in some way, mm-hmm. you know, or people, you know, or especially with that thing, but, you know, people not wanting to come help someone come out at a later age or what have you, you know, um, maybe dealing with those emotions may be the more important thing because at the end of the day, when you walk into a room, you got to be confident. And if you have these kind this kind of confident, and if you, you have this, this kind of weight on you of being judged and it kind of gives you not a meek, but a, like a, timid you know a, a mm. timid or wide eyed kind of, you know, I don't know where I'm at. I'm lost in the dark. Look, I say use some of that 50-year-old experience. You better walk into the room confident, bitch. Mm, I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, walk into the room like you have earned your right to walk into this room. You know what I'm saying? Even when you talk to other people and explain, you know, I'm newly coming out, say that with confidence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, own own your experience. You know what I mean? Don't let someone else define or belittle your experience or judge it, rather, your experience. Own that, because that is sexy, not for nothing. Mm. Confidence will always be sexy. Yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I think, too, like, part of what people are responding to when they're just like, I'm not about to be dealing with somebody that's, you know, just coming out, is, like, some of the work that you've already done for yourself. Like you've already taken the time to like 
to actually come out to your family. Like that whole concept is like, I'm not trying to be a secret. I'm not trying to be walking around here. Somebody's special friend, you know, and all that kind of foolishness. Like, <laughs> And you've taken that space for yourself already. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the, the fear or that I hear is like work that you've done already. Right. Mm-hmm. So people or potential partners won't have to, um, go into the space and be closeted with you. And that's exactly. the thing that people are responding to. Like yeah. after you go through that whole process of doing your own coming out and talking to your own family, you're not trying to go back in the closet with anybody. And mm-hmm. you will have the cover of um, some level of anonymity if you're dating other masculine women because people will assume that you're friends right (laughs) hanging out and so Mm -hmm. there will be this level of um constant coming out that will be present when you are dating masculine identified uh women because if people see you with feminine women then they're going to assume that those are your partners and those just might be your good girlfriends right yeah Um, exactly and you will have to make sure Um, that you are prepared to do the work of constantly coming out and having those conversations. What we want to kind of do is be willing to meet each other in, um, in open spaces, because a lot of the things that people are um, spewing that feels like um, feels like judgment or feels like, like you're being dismissed is their own fear. Like, Mm. if I find another masculine woman attractive, what does that say about me? Like, what does that say about desire? What does that say about like where I fit into the greater community? What does that say? And that's their own fear that you don't have to carry. And you can say, (laughs) no, I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off, girl. The in and not for nothing. Understand that just by you claiming your attraction um to other masculine women you are so way ahead people have been out for years <laughs> for years for years them bitches might still be in the motherfucking closet you know what i'm saying yeah. so you so i say find the thing your your strength in this situation is is your age is you um owning that you are attracted to other uh masculine women you can anchor on that alone and steam ahead. You know what I mean? Like you can use that as a place of confidence, as a place of don't fuck with me, as a place of all that vibrato, all of that, um, all of that those who have been out for a while project without even trying that sense of confidence of who I am. And I know how to navigate, you know, this world or yada, 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 yada. It's because they just know who they are, but you can use your, your attraction to other masculine, which is still, which is still new. Mm-hmm. to i think the lesbian community in particular yeah or not i'm gonna say the queer community in, in general you know what i mean i think younger people are a lot more open um to to be attracted to whoever the hell they attracted to you know yeah. but even within young people that is usually an um an elite class of the young people people who have access to college people who have access to different places other than just being living in there you know they're four blocks or whatever mm-hmm. you know so that's that's generational but it also is geographical that also is class all kinds of things that are that can help formulate what you're open to and how proud you can be about that so i'm just letting that this source of pride can really help you navigate a lot and honestly put you in a place to shut anybody down <laughs> mm. a lot of people down who are still caught up in that you gotta be attracted to someone of the opposite gender expression or it's just weird you know it's like queer you know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so understand where your strengths lie um use them as a as a uh, as a catapult into your new queer life mm-hmm. you know and it, and it is something beautiful about seeing things like a baby seeing new things for the first time experiencing things for the first time and there is something beautiful about that and just you know right at this point just lean on your friends and let them because they ain't responsible for you they're just your friends mm-hmm. <laughs> you know let them say oh my god you're so cute girl really you ain't know that girl you know what i'm saying <laughs> like yeah. you know as a you know and with a partner you just got to find someone 
that's willing to go down this journey, this down, down this path with you. But I think you're attracted to masculine women. That is such a small community that, and they're protective of each other, mm-hmm. that you'll find a lot more support in it than, say, the wider queer um, community. But you can use that community to support you in, in, in embracing the rest of the community or they embracing you. Mm. If that makes any sense. I hope that made sense. Yeah, I also want to kind of say that because it's all new, um, and because you're saying that you met the woman, like, mm. oh, um, yeah. should oh, this, yeah. you know, go a different way, you can meet another woman <laughs> who may, you know, challenge what you think about- you know about, you know, women you are attracted to and and what you like and i have a very good friend who was only attracted to um feminine women for much of her life and now she is married to a masculine woman right (laughs) and so there's no again like even with maya there is no one way to do this like there is no like necessary rule book like you get to go into this with that that childlike um, wonder that Hanifa was saying and just enjoy yourself. If you were saying that you're at the place where you don't care what people think and how they feel it, then go have fun. A lot of fun. A lot. <laughs> A lot of fun. Please don't try and settle down. I'm sorry, but and and I and, and I and I and I really respect when she said panic attack. The first thing it made me think about was the first time that I was uh, uh, kissed by a woman. Right, mm. I literally my knees buckled. And I thought I was going to pass out. Mm-hmm. Literally, it was a visceral reaction. And then you know I moved on in life, and you know. Obviously, I didn't. I'm not still with that person from mm-hmm. some odd years ago. <laughs> so just understand that you know the panic attack or your body, your spirit say, "Whoa, Eureka!" Mm, yeah, that that is natural. Unfortunately, you didn't go through that twenty some odd years ago when yeah. most, a lot of us did. <laughs> but but understand that that is a natural process. It is a part of the process. You will not have the panic attack with every woman that you're attracted to. Now mm. they may stop you in your tracks yeah. and, and as you know, women will stop you in your tracks, <laughs> yeah, but will. you're not going to have a panic attack that, that starts to, you know, settle down after a while. So don't give the panic attack reaction too much credence and don't give it on this woman. Like she's it. Cause she made me have a panic attack. Mm, yeah yeah you know you know that's just your heart breaking loose out of 50 years of fuck bitch finally right (laughs) you know so (laughs) i love it (laughs) so enjoy this person you're with and i'm not saying look who who knows again like i always use my niece as an example you can find your love of your life at a very at at the first outing (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but but you also need to know what you're experiencing and what that is. And don't put that on someone like, this is this person that made me have a panic attack. No, you are new. Your 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 body now has to experience what it is to be queer and live in this queer and everything's going to feel new. And and you're probably going to have a couple of more panic attacks. So you're going to experience something like, oh shit. And you know, mm-hmm. and then you're going to, then you're going to find your groove. You're going to get into cruise control and then you can really better navigate things. So like with anything, just take your time, yeah. you know, um, don't, don't, beat yourself up in any way that, you know, shit, I, all them fucking years I fucking wasted. Listen, we can say that about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's not a, there's not a human being on earth that doesn't regret, <laughs> damn, I wish I started this earlier, whatever it is, whether it's a sexuality, whether it's a career, whether it's whatever, there's something. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, it's Brussels so, sprouts. It, <laughs> I hated Brussels sprouts for so long. And now I love them. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> all the years, you know, I love Brussels sprouts as a kid. Mm, I, I, I love broccoli. It. I love Brussels sprouts. Beets. I love spinach. Oh my God. I love beets. <laughs> I love it all. My mother was like, damn, she easy. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but but yeah, yes, yeah. you know, yeah, life so, is out here to love. <laughs> exactly. And time is all relative. Don't get caught up in like, oh, this, this, you know, this a bit of time, like, oh, or, or rather all the good years or 50 and below. Cause then, you know, that's a lot of bullshit, right? As long mm-hmm. as, as long as you are breathing, you have your mental faculties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, then you can do anything. 
that you're physically able to do. And as long as you're physically able to love and you're physically able to fuck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a number time, honey. Number. <laughs> <laughs> number time. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, we thank uh -huh. Maya and Khalees so much for sending us your letters. We have more letters and we're so excited to get to read them and get to yes. answer them. We're very, yes. very thankful uh, going into this new year, decade, arguably, because, you know, there's a, a big debate about if this is the beginning of the decade or not. What? Yeah. <laughs> So, Listen, no, don't make things more. We'll talk about that later. Oh, we're just we going to have, say. We, we've had this calendar system forever. We don't need to be doing no more. Come right. on, come on. Come so on, we are on. going to just uh, say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you all who support us, all of our listeners, all of our Patreon sponsors, our Sunday brunch listeners, um, all of our guests. We have so yes. much more. Um, ready for you and planned out and just like we said for Khalees, just live this life in love <laughs> oh yes 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 and of course don't forget to support us patreon.com slash gay aunties and oh please write us a letter we love your letters we want more letters we want to have more letters than we can deal with yeah know what I mean because we want this all be about the letters because we love you so much we love doing this yeah so you know your gay aunties at gmail.com or you can DM us at your gay aunties on Instagram if you want to send us letters. And yeah, y'all. <laughs> and with that, I am Red Summer. And I am Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Bye, baby. All right. Bye, darlings. <laughs>